Coming up on Being Rad. Is this business like really even worth it? What would you do differently? Do you want my honest answer? No, tell me an absolute <laughs> lie. Do you want me to lie to you? Do about 300, 400 grand a month from the YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to Being Rad with me, Robert Alexander Duran. I am super excited for today's episode. I have a very multi-talented man with me today. He's a content creator, sales professional, coach, and a part business owner in Closers.io with Cole Gordon. Aaron Martinez is in the house. Welcome, Aaron. Dude, I'm uh, I'm super excited. I was telling you right before we clicked record, I think there's there's a lot of stuff that we can talk on about content creation and you know, really coming at it from more of like a, a business aspect that I think a lot of uh, a lot of creatives would be able to take out of this. So, dude, thank you for for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, and I've I've been looking forward to this since you said that you'd come on. Honestly, um, first of all, we met um, originally because of agency hypergrowth, um, where you were the head coach. How do you feel about the SMMA space now, and how do you think things have changed, and where do you see them going? Yeah, so you're saying like things going specifically for for SMMA? Well, online business and like how people have changed in terms of their perception of what's available and what's seen as a scam now because yeah, yeah, SMMA yeah. seems to have got a lot harder <laughs> to get people interested in because people are, are uh, well, they know it to be mm-hmm. like a lot. Well, they know there's a lot of people out there selling that business model who don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. And I'll actually broaden it out, broaden it out a little bit into just like kind of like you said, right, online business models. So, you know, we were looking at SMMA, we're looking at, you know, when I, I group drop shipping, affiliate marketing, um, you know, a, a lot of these other uh, older school business models. Right. And what a lot of people need to understand is that, like, I think where where people tend to, to go to is like kind of like you said, is like looking at things as like a scam. Right. And I do think that there is a a degree of things that could be labeled a scam, right? Which, you know, if you look at the definition, it's like being deceived into something that doesn't actually work. Well, if you just break down the the basics of a lot of these business models is it's every single one of them work, right? They're all viable business models. The problem is, like you stated, is, you know, someone will come in and they'll start, you know, a bit like an SMMA, right? They'll start a digital marketing agency. They'll do it for three months. They'll bring on two clients and then they automatically think that they're an expert and they're like, all right, let me like create a course around this thing that I don't really even know how to do. And then that's how people, um, you know, get, you know, burned essentially or, or scam. So, you know, I think my, my thought on the space overall is I think that there's still like, when you think about it, right, what is an SMMA, right? Social media marketing agency is you're working with businesses and helping them generate clients. Right. So as long as the problem of a business owner not being able to generate clients, as long as that is a problem, there'll always be a spot for a social media marketing. And I don't see the problem of these business owners, uh, you know, the, the problem of them not being able to generate clients. I don't see that going away anytime soon, especially as a lot of them are a little bit more antiquated when it comes to the social media side. Absolutely. Do you think in that case that if you're going to go into that business model now, it's more more important now than ever to be very specialized and to understand the nuances and language of the the client that you're yeah. pitching to. Yeah, I yes, but I I think that's the that should be every industry that you go into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even if we're talking about um, you know short form video editing, is 
is you want to have those you want to have those same traits when you're selling to a business right as you want to and you know technically it's kind of the same thing right sma short form video agency whatever it's it's all the same boat but yeah no matter what you're selling you always want to understand like the intricacies and and the nuances of those businesses because that's gonna you know that's ultimately gonna showcase you as as the expert absolutely so speaking of the short form agency and kind of youtube and stuff like that you mentioned before we hit record you could go into what you would do if you were starting today yeah before we go into that can you give me a short and concise run through of your journey because even from since we first met like your life's changed hell of a lot so break that down for me real quick yeah yeah i'll try to keep it uh short and sweet so you know we'll we'll take it from you know the, when when we met with uh you know me, me being the coach of uh that program of hg so you know i, I kind of got to a point where you know it, and this is how my personality is is i love like doing things but i also like of my own but i also love teaching like i i, I can't you know, one of my first YouTube channels that ever really blew up was uh, me teaching people how, it was funny. I was like 14 years old and uh, I made this video about how to find your Wi-Fi password and like me teaching people how to do that. Like that video got like 3 million views in, you know, in like a year and a half. And I was, you know, 14, 15, YouTube sending me like two grand a month in AdSense. I was like, I was over them. I was like, I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do with this money. But, you know, I ended up, you know, not even being able to spend it at 15 years old. Um, so anyway, so I've, I've always just like really loved teaching and every other YouTube channel after that is just the ones that have popped off and the ones that I've enjoyed doing was me teaching people how to do stuff. Again, that, that's been my personality. So when I was coaching within agency hypergrowth is I always just had that itch of like, I was teaching people how to do this stuff. I was teaching people how to run these ads. I was teaching people all this stuff, but I was like, I can like do this, right? So that's when I transitioned and, you know, jumped into doing my own agency, which I had, you know, a, a SMMA, right? Digital marketing agency for, um, for real estate agents. And that, that, that blew up pretty quickly, I'd say. And, and here's the thing, right? It's because I was teaching this stuff for a long time. I was teaching how to grow an agency for two years and like kind of in the background doing my own. So then when I finally jumped into, okay, let me just do this myself. I mean, within the first year we were, or within the first three months, we were doing like 40 grand a month. Within the first eight months, we were doing closer to $80,000 a month. And it was like, not saying that it was easy. It was just simple, right? Like it's very like, you find clients, you reach out to them, you have a sales conversation, you fulfill. Like that's it. Like it's it. I, that's oversimplifying it, but that's basically how you grow a business, right? Uh, easier said than done. So from there, the problem that I was running into though is having a business. As you, as anyone that has a business watching this knows, like it just takes a good amount of time. And you know, you're you know, you're you're basically you know, you're you're building a team, you're running the ads, you're building the funnels, you're doing the content. I was the face of the company. You know, you're, you're managing clients. You're making sure that they don't cancel. You're doing all the things that come with the business. So even though, and I had two business partners. So even though that I was doing, you know, the business was doing $80,000 a month, I was making like three grand a month. So, and, and you know, because a lot of it was going, and then we were also saving for taxes, which a lot of people don't talk about. Um, you know, we were also, um, you know, putting a lot of money in ads. So again, like split between us, we, I was making like three grand a month. I was putting in like 13, 14 hour days. Keep in mind, I also have, family, right? Three kids and, and my wife, you know, I'll never forget this, this day. I got, I'm getting like chills thinking about it because it's, it's just so ingrained into my, into my mind is, you know, it was, it was one of the, like the, the long days, right? I was up at 6am, right? Grinding it out. And, you know, I, and I, it was a point where like, I just wasn't even seeing my kids, right? And seeing them growing up and seeing them like, you know, missing these, these moments. 
And, uh, you know, I, woke, I was waking up at six and would go, you know, lock myself into my office all day long, phone calls, content, whatever. And, uh, you know, I would, I would come out of my room or I'll come out of my office and the kids would be asleep. And I was just like, and, you know, meanwhile, again, I was working from home. So I was just like hearing them crying and, you know, my wife trying to get them to, you know, settle down and all this kind of stuff. And I, I came out of my, my room that one night and just like the look on my wife's face, like she was exhausted. Like, again, we have at the time three, two, one or two, one infant, right? Like two years old, one, one year old infant. And uh, just the look on her face, like I'll never forget. And she was just like, Aaron, like something needs to change. And that was like the moment for me where I was like, like, is this business like really even worth it to me right now? Like, is it like, is the 16 hours? Yeah. Like I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they just get so deep into this like grind mode of like, I want to make this work. I want to do this. But like they, they fail to take a step back and say like, is what I'm doing right now, like actually worth it? And what I want to do at the end of the day, like, was I passionate about helping real estate agents? Not really. I was just, you know, it, it was a means to an end for me. So anyway, I said I was going to make that short. So after that, um, it, it was serendipitously, it all kind of came together where um, a couple of months prior to that, uh, Brian, because Brian's uh, Brian Ostermiller, he's, um, you know, he's running one of the, the divisions within within Closers.io. Um, he reached out to me like multiple months before and he's like, hey, we need help with content. Do you want to come on board? And I told him no. Because I was in that like ego, like I was, it, it was, it was an ego thing. I was like, I want to be a business owner. I want to, you know, do blah, blah, blah. Like I am the owner. And like hindsight's 2020 is like, it's such a silly mindset. Um, and I told him no, but then, you know, I reached out to him a couple months later and I was like, dude, I'm like burnt out. I'm not making any money. I'm not able to spend time with my family. I'm in this grind mode and I'm just like, I'm just done. Like I just reached, I just reached a, a breaking point, you know? And you were lucky enough that the opportunity still stood. Yeah. For a lot of people, but they get an opportunity like that and it's once in a lifetime. And by the time they've come around, it's gone. Exactly. So yeah, I, lucky enough, um, you know, I had, uh, and I think that's another important part too, is like throughout the entire process of, you know, building the agency, I was documenting the journey. So I was making YouTube videos, I was making short form content, I was doing all the stuff. So I think what it was, was because like they knew that I had the skill set and I was proving that I had the skill set that they needed. It was, it was just an easy opportunity that they just weren't able to find anyone that could fit that in that amount of time. So I was like, hey, I'd be open to come on board. You know, would you still have me? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And working with Brian previously would have added another layer of trust. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It. So, you know, and he, he set me up with Cole and I talked with Cole and he's like, yeah, dude, like I'd love to have him on board. Like, you know, let's start. And I didn't start like super full time. I was just doing some like stuff on the side and, you know, just slowly it, um, you know, increased. And then the cool thing is like, I was able to like focus on, you know, it was, it was a hybrid role. So I was doing a little bit of like appointment setting and sales and like still doing some content. But like the third, the third month that I was with them, I made more in a month than I did in like six months of building, of, of having the agency. And I was working like five hours a day versus 15 hours a day. You know what I mean? Seeing your kids grow up. Yeah, exactly. And being able to, you know, spend time with them and, you know, it was just a very different, like focusing on and remembering like what's like actually important, right? Like when I'm like 80, 90 years old, like, am I going to care about like the business of the real estate agent that I like probably or never, is never I'm not going to remember, remember their name or am I going to remember, you know, teaching my son how to ride a bike, right? Yeah. It's like the excitement of him being able to like ride a bike and like, like that, you know, that that's the stuff that's, that's important. That's beautiful. I'm glad that you now have the opportunity to 
be more involved in their upbringing. Yeah. Because I can't think of many other people who I'd like want as a father figure. Like you seem to have your head screwed on. Like they're they're in good hands. Let's put it that way. Thanks, man. So going back <laughs> to when you were starting that agency, as I said previously, you would go go into what you would do now if you were in that situation again. What would you do differently? Yeah. That's a good question. So if I was, and I'll, I'll speak more, and this is like really like any, any business, but, um, you know, what I would say is you got to understand, I'll say this in one, one word, just get good at sales. Like that is going to be the main backbone of you as a, like a business owner, if you're looking to grow the business, right? You can be the best at copywriting. You can be the best at marketing. You can be the best at video editing. But if you can't get a client to move forward with you to implement those things that you're good at, then you don't have a business, right? You, you're, you're not going to be able to actively grow the business in the way and to reach the full potential. So number one, just get good, good at sales. But not even just that, but what you need to do as a business owner is, you know, as creatives, I think we, because I, again, one of my first businesses back in like 2015, 2016, before the agency, um, I like loved making videos on my own but I didn't really know like how to translate that into a business. So as creatives, I think we just get really deep into like that creative process of like, this is a cool video, right? This looks good. This had like a lot of creativity that went into it. But uh, the thing with businesses is they don't care about creativity. <laughs> they don't care about the transition you use. They don't care about how you're, you know, modeling this Alex Hermosi guy and using the same captions and, and, you know, he's being, he's seeing a lot of success. So you should do this as well. Right. So they don't they don't really care about that. So back to the question, what would I do if I started over is I would approach content and the way that I present the offer. I would present it in a much more of a, uh, a business like minded sense. And what I mean by that is instead of focusing, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of days ago and someone it was kind of like a short form video creative podcast. And someone was saying like making the making the comparison of like old school media versus like how you can get like a ton of reach on 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 new platform. But again, the thing is like businesses don't care about reach, right? You can get a million views and that'd be cool, but like if it doesn't generate any sales, like it's it's not that it's pointless, right? You could say that it, like there's the brand awareness or whatever, but again, businesses don't care about brand awareness. They care about sales. So, and revenue and money in the bank and booked appointments. So, you know, I would just really focus on, okay, get good at your craft, right? Really get really good at, at the video editing portion, but also just understand your numbers, right? If you can go to, if you go to a business, right? There's, there's two different people. If you go to a business and say, Hey, I can get you a bunch of views. That's a hard sales conversation, right? Cause it's like, why would they pay for views? What does that mean to them? So when you get good at sales and you understand and figure out, okay, what does this person actually want? And you understand that they want sales, then you reverse engineer and you can figure out, okay, just get really, really good at data. So, you know, if I was starting over, I would like create my content. I would, uh, you know, my own personal content. I would post it on my own personal page and basically create myself to be a case study. I think it's another problem that a lot of creatives don't do is they say I'm great at creative and they, they're great at this, this stuff. Dude, Robert, you do a great job at this. It's like you're you're doing what you're preaching. You know what I mean? And when I'm coming to like, uh, you know, I, I've had so many short form people come to me and they're like, hey, I can edit your videos. I'm like, okay, cool. Where's your portfolio? And they're like, well, I don't have one. I'm like, how are you going to say that you're, you're doing this? I get people are starting to. So like that's another part of it. Um, so practice what you preach. I would do that. Um, and then the numbers. So you being able to create your own proof of concept, upload and edit your own videos, and then have specific data 
behind, okay, this video, cool, generated X amount of views. But you also want to understand, here's the amount of link clicks that I'm getting every single day. From those link clicks, here's the, the amount of applications that I'm getting every single day. From the applications, here's the amount of book calls that I'm getting every single day. From the book calls, here's the amount of conversations that I'm having from those book calls, right? With a percentage of a, a show rate, right? This is the amount of offers that I'm giving uh, or that every single day. Here's the amount of closes that I'm getting. Here's the amount of cash that's generated. Here's the amount of revenue that's generated. And you want to have all that written down on a daily basis. Like if I was to show my spreadsheets of what we, we track on a daily basis, like it would make your mind explode. There's like, we have, I think, four full-time people. All they do is fill out spreadsheets. That's it. And they just pull it from you know our social media platforms and they put it in there. And the reason that it's important is because you can understand data. And when you understand data, you can make decisions. And you make data-driven decisions, not emotional decisions. Right? A lot of people, they'll post a video and they're like, oh, that didn't do well. I, feel, I just feel it didn't really do that great because it didn't the amount of views. Some of our videos that get like 200 views on TikTok, they might do like a crazy amount of sales. Right? But we wouldn't know that if we weren't tracking. So that was a lot of, a lot of stuff. Again, if, if I was to put a bow on it, if I was starting all over again, I would create myself to be the proof of concept. I would get really, really good at tracking data and understanding my numbers. And then number three, just getting good at sales and being able to package all that up and pitching into a business. So it really comes down to, in terms of those numbers, quality over quantity, but having the data to track that. What's that um, phrase? It's like, what's practiced gets better, what is measured yeah what's what's tracked what's tra yeah it's it's there's like it's a weird thing but it's like what what gets tracked get measures what get measures gets done right? i think that's what what it's the, the phrase is. Line, it? yeah yeah and you can really tell that you've been around cole gordon i knew you were like into the numbers way back when but like i know how much cole gordon's like hammers on numbers and like i'm here and you're speaking now back then dude i was just like i've never been like a data person to be honest with you like i like to to like a, a to an extent but when i tell you like yeah cole like has really just dr drilled in the the you know how important data is um i i didn't like it at first but now i do is because i can just like we can not make emotional decisions right we can just track and say here's exactly what we need to do Here's why it's not working. Here's the bottleneck in our entire funnel, right? And, and know what we're doing to the point where like, I even have like, I have daily like personal trackers. I have like a, my own personal track. Like I have a finance tracker. I know like what's going in, what's going on in my bank account every single day. I'm tracking my net worth every single day, right? Like I'm just like looking at that every morning. And then I have a personal tracker where it's like every day I'm counting, okay, like what weight am I today? How much protein did I put in today? Did I take my vitamins today? How many steps did I get? What was my sleep score? Um, did I read, you know, did I read a book? Like, I, it's just like, my life is now run by spreadsheets. But again, it's like, you can see over an amount of time and you can see the progress too. I think that's, that's pretty cool. Is there a trick to enjoying data or has it literally just been like kind of military style conditioning and you've got to the point where you're seeing it working so you can now appreciate it? That's the, that's the key is I think there is going to be there needs to be some like military style, like when you first start out, especially if you were like me and you don't understand data or, or not understand it, but you just don't engage. <laughs> and like the amount of time that it goes, because like every morning I'd probably spend an hour and a half, like just straight hour and a half grinding headphones in, filling out spreadsheets. Um, but back to your, your point is the reason that I do it is because now you can see the progress and see like, okay, these micro decisions are making a massive difference mm -hmm. and if you didn't understand those micro decisions it could be the difference of you know a funnel doing 
$100,000 versus doing $5 million, right? And and that's not even like a an example. Like that's like a true, like what happened within our business where, you know, just giving you an example is, um you know, our landing page, we have a, a headline and we just like are constantly testing headlines, right? Some people will like throw up a funnel and then they'll test it and they're like, oh, this isn't generating any leads. So like, let's just throw it away, right? But our funnel, like one of our funnels, we've done it to where we've done like 60, like six zero different tests of just one line on the landing page. And when we look at the data, it was like, I don't know the specific number, but like, for example, it was like headline number 12, right? Was the one that actually started popping. And it was the difference of like four words. So we can just look at that data and see, okay, yeah. Like, you know, if we didn't test this, we would be, you know, we wouldn't have as much money in the bank account and like being able to change more lives as a, as a byproduct of doing that, you know? And have you worked, I, I assume you've worked up to having all of those different data sets because from everything you've said to then go from nothing to 90 minutes a day would be yeah. a hell of a jump and very easy to quit on. Mm-hmm. How did you integrate more and more? I am assuming yeah. that you have integrated yeah, up yeah, to yeah. that point. Yeah, exactly. So I think that is a part of that is just the fact of like, you know, once you start seeing it work is like you want to like break it down and just into like more minute sections. So, you know, for anyone watching, like I would just recommend I actually sent a, a loom video to um, a buddy of mine yesterday that's that's looking to start his business, uh, like a short form like agency. And he's, he's kind of walking the walk, talking the talk type thing. And what I told him is like, this is all you got to do is go to Bitly, right? Create like an account there. We use Hyros, but like I wouldn't recommend like everyone start with Hyros because it's like, unless you're doing like more revenue, like it, it just doesn't make sense in my opinion. It's kind of complex. But I was just like, dude, all you got to do, create a spreadsheet, put down, you know, but the date on the left side, all the way down, you know, whatever today is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever. And then across just put followers gained or like followers, um, link clicks. So followers, link clicks, uh, leads, applications, booked calls. Uh, so it'd be book calls, offers given, closed cash revenue. And just like have that that written out on a spreadsheet. And then start there. Because as long as you, so if you create the Bitly account and let's say you create one one application for um, for TikTok, one application for Facebook, one application for for YouTube, have those embedded on those sites because that's very important. I, what I see a lot of people do is like, even just if you just start today, the main thing I would do is just have different tracking links for your other platforms. I think what like when people first start out is they just have like a booking link, like book a call or application or whatever. Um, they have that link, they create one and they just put it everywhere. And the problem with that is like, you don't know where the traffic's coming from. So you can get five sales today, but you just don't know, did it come from TikTok? Did it come from Instagram? Did it come from Facebook? Like where did it come from? So very minimum, just create a different bit.ly for each platform and then, you know, create different applications for, for each, for each platform. And then just every single day, go through your spreadsheet, go to, you know, whether it's analytics within Instagram, analytics within TikTok, you know, social blade is, is an okay resource. Um, and then just put in the information, how many, um, you know, how many followers did you get that day? How many link clicks did you get? How many, you know, all the way down the line. The other thing that this does is it starts to it starts to incorporate just habits of looking at data and the trends within data. So for example, if you're just posting every single day and you have no idea what's going out, you're not tracking this stuff, is you don't know what's actually moving the business forward. But let's say you're going through and it's like Monday, 100 link clicks, Tuesday, 50 link clicks, Wednesday, 500 link clicks, right? What you can do is you go, okay, what did I do on Wednesday? You go to your account, 
you see that you had a post and maybe it didn't go viral, but maybe it was a specific type of content that was more driven to conversion. So guess what I'm going to do now is now instead of saying, well, my, I'm not getting any sales. I can now make a decision of like, okay, this content did great. It had X amount of link clicks. I booked this amount of calls, this amount of applications, whatever. Now I'm just going to go back and I'm going to duplicate that piece of content, not duplicate a piece of content that might've done really well, but didn't generate sales, but duplicate the content that is going to generate sales. Cause at the end of the day, like if you're a business, like the sales is what it's for. Um, and for me too, it also gives, it puts like a fire under your butt. Cause like if you're looking, if you're looking at a spreadsheet every single day and you're seeing you're inputting zero on sales and inputting zero in revenue and zero on cash and zero is an offer given. And you see that over a week long period, you're like, shit, like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? And like, it starts to put a, a fire on your butt and you're like, okay, let me figure out like, obviously what I'm doing isn't working. So I need to like transition the, the, the strategy or like just, just do something. But obviously that's not working because you have enough data, to sh you know? Sorry, I get, I get really passionate about, uh, <laughs> about data, as you can see. Evidently. <laughs> that's super insightful though. And I think a lot of people could take from that and start implementing it who aren't already, definitely. So that's what you do on the data side if you were just starting out. You said about use your own personal brand as your your case study. I want your thoughts on what the next steps would be after that. So for example, you've maybe worked with a few clients, but you've worked hard on the personal brand and you've grown a sizable audience. What do you think is the best path after that? Is it doing the service and then building a team around that or going the coaching consultancy route and having a more scalable, more high profit margin business where you're teaching others what you've done? Because you can go both ways, right? And you've done both, haven't you? To s some extent or another? To an extent. Yeah, yeah. So do you want, do you want my honest answer? No, tell me an absolute lie. <laughs> Do you want me to lie to you? <laughs> no. Okay. The, I, I Honestly, just, always. Yeah, I made, I kind of just thought of this right now because I'm just thinking like, you know, if, if I was starting over, what what would I do? And in in like, in true 100% honesty, if I was starting from scratch, I had never had a business before. I had no business experience. I like, you know, I'm just starting from scratch. I would do neither. Aaron, what would you do instead? I'm glad you asked. Give up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a um, I'm gonna make a direct a direct correlation um within my my situation, right? So I I mean there was a point where you know I was building my business, the uh you know the social media marketing agency. I was doing that for a long time, like years, right? And, and I like literally I struggled from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, like all the way up to that point, it was just grinding, right? Finally in 2021, I had figured it out or quote unquote figured it out and built a business. I wasn't able to spend time with my family. So I don't, I don't know if that's technically figuring it out. So knowing what I know now in working with this, with, with, with Cole is I've seen more growth, more learning, more, um, opportunity, more income. I've seen so much more of all those things in two years of working with Cole than the six years of trying to figure it out myself. So if I was a creative starting from scratch, I would go find a creative, or I'm sorry, I would go find a coach, coach, consultancy, agency, whoever, someone online, and I would work for them. And the reason that I would do that is here's what happens. And it's the same thing like what we pitch about, like, you know, we talk a lot about remote closing and we tell people, hey, don't start a business, do remote closing instead. But the, the benefit of doing that is unless you're like 
the top or the, yeah, unless like you're the 1% that is just going to like grind it out and make a crazy amount of money by yourself. Like there, there's people that are going to do that, you know, like just it doesn't matter if they start a short form agency, they start SMMA, they start digital market or same thing. If they start, you know, uh, drop shipping, right. They're going to see success in those things anyway, because they're just going to brute force the heck out of it. And they're just smart, right? Not saying that people that don't do that aren't smart. Um, but the benefit of being able to work with, uh, you know, a, a business, especially with someone like Cole or someone that's doing like really, really well in revenue is you're literally getting paid to learn. You know, when, again, when you're first starting out as a, uh, you know, a creative or starting your own business is like, you, you don't know how to run ads. You don't know how to build funnels. You don't know how to do sales. You don't know how to, you know, build a team. You don't know how to do all these important things that if you don't know how to do, you're going to like, you're going to learn the hard way. And, and that's in time and money. Right. So if you just work with one of these short form businesses, uh, I'm sorry, with a, with a, co a coach, I brought in a person recently that I, I started them at seven grand a month because they're good. Right. But here's the thing. All they're going to do is focus on the content and get really, really good at making content. As to before, they would just like bring on one client a month and then their, their, their learning cycle is way more. But more important than that is as a video person, they're going to sit in our team meetings and they're going to learn on the company dollar, basically, how good ads are run, how good copy is run, how sales is run. We have an open, you know, an open meeting policy in, in our company. So anyone that comes in, they can sit on any of the meetings. So they can, they're going to, you're going to literally get paid and paid, get paid well, how to do all these things. Right. And so I know now that like, if I was to leave and go, you know, want to start my business, not only do I have the money now to do that, right. Because I've been making a good amount working with the company, but I've also, I also now have the skill sets that I can almost guarantee my success and see quick success very quickly. And also the confidence behind it, right? There's there's a lot of confidence that that's built when you understand that you can like actually do these things. Um, and then the other, you know, the last thing that I'll say on that too is um, what I've been able to do is is build uh, like bonus structures for a lot of our editors. So you know, when you when I'm saying like go work for someone, I'm not saying like you gotta like oh no, you got a job. Like I mean, it's remote. You're you're freaking editing videos from home. Like it's 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 such a good life. <laughs> like and you get to focus on the things that you like actually love doing, right? Most creatives don't want to build a business. They just want to make creative. So like now, hey, guess what? You get to do what you love to do anyway. And you can also build out bonus structure. So, um, you know, I, I know some editors in the space that are doing short form, you know, YouTube video editing. They're doing like 40, 50 grand a month because they're, and that's bank, like cash in their bank. That's not after expenses. That's not like, you know, building. it's just they're making good videos. So they're like, hey, I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to make X amount of dollars. Per, per each video that hits X amount of views, right? Or X amount of sales. Or you can do it down to the point where if you're tracking, for example, for me, um, I'm getting paid on any sale that comes from my channels. So I'm incentivized to create content, create a lot of content, create good content. Because if I don't do those three things, I'm going to get paid more. And it's almost like I'm building a business within a business. Uh. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, that's what I would do. And then the other, you know, back to like, those two things, I would do that first, learn all the skills. And then it's basically a cheat code to then go out and like see way bigger success and quicker success in those other things. If you grind it out. Well, I was going to say what you spoke about there sounded very similar to what I know of being Cole Gordon's story, having worked for traffic and funnels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the weeds there and then coming out and being as successful as he's been yeah, doing his own thing. He talks about that a lot. Like he, he, I'm, you know, I, I commend him a lot. He gives like anytime he like talks about like, you know, his successes and stuff is like, he gives a lot of credit to 
you know, to traffic and funnels because yeah, if he didn't work for that company, he wouldn't be where he is. And there, and if you look at like traffic and funnels, like, you know, a lot of people within that company have gone off and done like great things. Like there's, there's Ashton that went out and built his own business and he's doing great things. Now he's partnered with, uh, uh, who, uh, well, well, so, he, so yeah, yeah. So he like, he became the CEO and then he stopped and then he went out, you know, he kept doing his agency and then he stopped. And now he, he just, I believe like he announced he created, um, or was like partnered with, um, Eddie Malouf. So the guy, he does, um, he, he's really big in like the, the ad space, like Facebook ad space. Yeah. They like started like a media or he does really good ads. So like they, they partnered and kind of doing a media company. So, um, yeah, but back to your point, it's like, there's, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of benefit of like dropping the ego and like working with someone that's successful. And then you just learn a lot. You just learn a lot and you're getting paid to do it, you know? And I think you've already answered my question, but I was going to say like, how is that then scalable? as a creative and it is down to the the bonus structures is that correct yeah yeah exactly yeah you you scale that and there's actually one um you know i, I don't want to like you know there's probably people that like either jumped off or still listening and like aaron i'm still gonna like make a business like that's that's my thing so my recommendation that uh, you know back to like building the brand and like that things like that is yeah you just gotta like create yourself to be be your own case study so you know that that just comes down to like you know you tracking your data based on like your posts and then you can give like the business a portfolio of, hey, like I want to partner with you. This is what I can do for you. This is what I've done for myself. And it, it, instead of you, like, you know, when they ask the question of, you know, who have you worked for in the past? Instead of you saying, well, you're my first client. Hey, to be 100% honest, you're my first client, but I've been extremely consistent in my own social media on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram over the last year, six months, whatever. And I've seen that, you know, I get this amount of application. And when you can back it by data and numbers, and it's not just like, I make good videos, the, a business is going to take you a lot more more seriously when you can when you can show that you've done it. Yeah, for sure. That's very similar to stuff I've heard Ryan McGinn talk about when he said, like, how to start off, except he said, like, if you're really broke, start a, a theme page and edit videos that you find on YouTube and stuff. I guess that's if you're really, really broken don't want to build the personal brand. Yeah. Are you familiar with um Dan Co? Mm -hmm. He's a proprietor, I think is the right word, of being a one-man business. And he talks oh, about yeah. personal brand a lot. And he says, like, even if whether you're trying to get a new job, whether you're trying to start a business or anything in between, you have a personal brand because that's just how people perceive you. And what yeah. I'm hearing of what you're saying there is, like, build that personal brand and regardless of whether you're going to work for someone else in an employment role or right. if you're trying to start a business, it's always going to be there to support you if you've done it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll give like a direct example of like what, what I'm doing like at this second is I'm looking to bring on another like videographer slash editor. Right. And uh, I went to, we have an internal recruiter and she started sending me some, some people that are in my local area, you know, to, to interview and all I'm doing. And th I think this is like a just very, it's very specific to like video editing, but it could be for like any job that you're applying for. But it's like, I'm looking for someone that knows how to edit videos and they can hold a camera and shoot, right? So I'm going to these pages and almost nobody has videos of them editing videos and like, so I'm like, are, are you actually like a creative? Like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. There's two people that were like really great examples of like, they, they have YouTube channels, they have Instagram and they're active on there. They have Facebook. So it's like, I can tell that that person is a lot more 
they're, they're more well-rounded for lack of a better word as i know that they like understand social media to an extent and that's like that's someone that i think that i could build into being really lethal you know so yeah just a direct example is like i'm throwing out throwing away every application or every like potential person that isn't actively doing it brutal on all yeah. the people that aren't doing it but there's enough like i know you just said that we're not familiar with dan co but like there's there's so many people talking about that now and like it's certainly where my thoughts and focus are going so like it is going to be the way that everything shifts towards and has been for quite a while even from the days when sebastian robert was doing those videos that you were editing for agency upgrade building exactly his yeah brand. like yep. people i heard i think it might have been cole gordon that i heard talking about this but the post trust era i.e after mm-hmm. 2008 but since then personal brands have only become more and more prevalent because people don't trust companies anymore mm-hmm. i like because they're all part of the system and i'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist at heart but anyway yeah let's not get into that rabbit hole <laughs> so, youtube you've yeah. been on youtube you said since you were 14 and what's that more than half your life now yeah yeah so active so active on youtube like when i was like 14 but like i i remember i think i up- uploaded my first video when i was like nine like nine or ten so and this was like well maybe that's maybe that's a little young whatever however old i was in like 2009 i upload i was uploading youtube videos in 2008 2009 that was when when youtube was started wasn't it 2007 was when youtube i think when it first like technically started um 2009 was when Google bought it, I think. Yeah, 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 something like that. I, I should probably know if I'm gonna talk about YouTube. Yeah, talk about being an early adopter. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll say early adopter, and but yeah, I've made like so many different YouTube channels and stuff like that. Yeah, I started when I was younger. Um, I started more in like a, you know, you've probably seen like gaming YouTube channels is like a much more of a thing now. Um, back in the day, I, I like to consider myself to be like one of the first. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in like the original Xbox, like it, it was a, a long time ago. And uh, yeah, just from there, just kind of transitioned a lot. I just tried a lot of different things, tested a bunch of stuff, had one YouTube channel that, you know, blew up again, back to me loving like how to teach people to do stuff. I made a channel literally teaching people how to use Snapchat and uh, it just hit, it was in 2015, whenever Snapchat was big, 2016 maybe. And uh, so 2015, 2016. And uh, yeah, I made a couple of videos about how to use Snapchat. And like, I was the only person on YouTube doing it. And there was like hundreds of thousands of searches a month for it. So when you put those things together, high search volume, low competition, you blow up YouTube channel. Yeah. So I I think in like a year, a year and a half, I'd grown to 180,000 subs. Um, And that, you know, that doing that fueled a lot of opportunity. Um, And then, you know, from there started like a different like personal brand channel. And then about a year and a half ago, we started um, the Remote Closing Academy YouTube channel. That is that we just hit 30,000 subs a couple couple uh, a couple days ago uh, probably about last week actually but the the thing with the the channel is like we you know we do a, a considerable about considerable amount of revenue from that channel and again a lot of it comes back to the to the tracking you know so yeah that's the the youtube stuff so if somebody was watching or listening to this and they haven't got started on youtube yet how would you walk someone through getting going what do they need to know in the very initial stages. Yeah, so I think this is, it goes back to really anything that you do, right? Building a business, going to the gym and having a goal. Like you just have to figure out like, what is your end your end goal, right? And then you just reverse engineer what needs to happen in order for you to hit that. So for example, 
if you're like, Aaron, I want to like blow up a YouTube channel really quickly. You would want to, now the game has changed a little bit because YouTube shorts is like, is helping a lot of channels. Like you kind of fuel their growth. The only, the only part about that though, is like, it's just a very different audience in, in short form versus long form. So like if you have a video that goes viral in the short form, like they might not transition into long form content, depending what you so again, figuring out what your, what your end goal is. My strategy has always been kind of what I talked about a second ago. It, you know, back when I grew that, that first YouTube channel is like, I validated that as, as success. So I would just try to figure out, okay, what is, what is your niche? Do some keyword research and figure out in your niche, what is, where is their high search volume and low competition, right? Because that's a, that's a recipe of being able to, to rank really quickly and then also get really targeted viewers. Um, and then more importantly than that is once you have a keyword. So for me, it was remote closing, the, the key, the keyword remote closing. When I started the channel, there was like 3000 searches a month and like no one was creating content on it. So it was like, Hmm, this is a good sign. And looking month over month, it was like 500 searches in one month. The next month was like a thousand searches. The next month was 1500 searches. I was like, okay, there's something here. So I was making video when I saw I was at 3000 searches a month with no videos about it. What I, again, back to the goal, I was like, okay, my goal is to build this channel. What do I need to do to reach that goal? So I set the, I set the framework of like, I am going to upload a video two two videos a week, every single week for the next year. And I'm not going to miss, I'm just going to two videos a week. I don't care if I have to hire an editor, whatever it is. So now fast forward to now we're doing, still doing about two videos a week. We're at 30,000 subs. We do about 300, 400 grand a month from the YouTube channel. And it was all off the back of uploading those two videos a week because now there's 35,000 searches a month and I'm still the person. And what I did is I built the catalog of all these videos that have remote closing in the keywords. So if you go search remote closing, I own it. I own the page, right? And you know, hence or since then, we've also done the same thing with appointment setting. We've done the same thing with high ticket closing. We've done the same thing with remote sales reps, right? And figuring out what are these keywords that are gonna help blow, blow it up. The only thing with this strategy it's very niche, right? It's gonna be really hard to break out into a new audience with, you know, being like a search-based channel. But I'm okay with that because I understood that my goal was to make money from the channel, mm. right? If I had a more, and, and the, re, like, the reason it works so well is because people are searching for this stuff. They wanna know the answer to it. And because the intent is high, the conversion's gonna be high, you know? We only generate like, I don't know, maybe 500 leads, 600 leads a month. And we convert at like, 13%. So like, or 8% last month. So if you got, again, data, I don't know if you guys know, but like 8% conversion from lead to close is insane. Like ads conversion is like less than 1%. We're at 8%. This month so far, I think we're at like closer to like 11%. So anyway, there's my, my nerdy talk about YouTube. Do you think there's anything to be said for the way Iman Gadji has done his YouTube channel? Because he... I went all the way back the other day just out of curiosity and like he was making videos when he was like 16 of him going to the skate shop and getting his wheels replaced. Do you think there's anything to be said for building momentum when like you don't know what your niche is but you're just making videos and then obviously he got into SMMA and everything from when he hit that point has kind of been more about that although now it's more about investing and living in Dubai because he's gone past the level of really doing any work on his agency <laughs> yeah do you think you can start in 2023 doing something like that and getting the momentum of creating videos without it being niched and it growing or is that 
something that was very of the time when he was doing it back in what 2016 2017 or whatever yeah and now it's so, just not gonna work <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and and that really just brings it back to the goal right and and not even just the goal but like setting proper expectation i yeah. i think there's i think there's a lot of value in just like creating videos that and just testing them right creating videos about your life doing vlog stuff the thing that you have to understand though is there's a lot of people that are doing that, right? I, I forgot the statistic, but there's like, I think like a mi millions of videos are uploaded every day or like every second, really? I think. It's like hundreds of thousands of videos are uploaded every single second on, on YouTube. So you just gotta understand there's like a lot of competition there. So have at it, create videos, you know, do whatever you want, test it. Just don't have the expectation that you're gonna blow up. You know what I mean? That's where people mess up is like, they're like, I'm gonna be a YouTuber. I'm gonna be the next Mr. Beast, the next whatever. And then they just create videos and like the thumb, like there's a lot of stuff that goes into thumbnails. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the scripting. There's a lot of good stuff that goes into the titles, right? There's so much that goes into this stuff. So I don't think there's a, a problem with, with just testing stuff. Just don't expect it to explode. Back to my goal is I knew that I wanted to blow up the channel. I wanted like a guaranteed way that I was going to blow up the channel and I wanted to make money from it. So I did the actions that were going to get me to that point. And I knew that vlog stuff was just not going to get me there. Now I do like it back to the shorts thing. Cause I think there's, there's ways that like, let's say if you started a YouTube channel from scratch and let's say you're doing challenges because you're doing, or you're doing whatever you're doing. And then you just tap it, tap into shorts and then create content that like leads to your long form. I think that's a viable way to do it. Um, I, I can't talk, you know, specific strategies cause I just, I haven't been able to crack the code on it myself, but yeah, I think there's, there's a ton of potential for, for anyone that wants to start a YouTube, just create a goal, set the right expectations and then do the daily actions that are going to get you closer to that goal and then continue to keep the expectations set do you think there's anything to be said for creating the habit as your goal because thinking back to mangati's like early videos the videos aren't that good but i think yeah one he created the habit of uploading regularly which has served him very well even to this day and then he was doing something different it was a novelty that a 16 year old would be reading a book a week and taking an interest in business so yeah. he did have something different on his side that other kids weren't doing i guess but do yeah. you think building the habit <laughs> is a good goal when you're starting out mm. or should you have the business goal first and foremost because let, let me just elaborate on that a little bit yeah so for example you've got somebody who's like a, a yoga instructor they've got a very fulfilling job that they enjoy on a daily basis but they'd like to start creating presence online. They don't necessarily need to blow up the business because that's already self-sustaining to some extent. They're known in their area. Do you think creating the habit of being consistent and then transitioning that into more business focus once the habit's ingrained is worthwhile? Uh, yeah, yeah. Even looking back at my own, like, you know, even to this day, I'm like, I post two videos a week and some people are like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, I do like one a month. Or, you know, one every two weeks or whatever. Um, but back when I was like 14, 15, I, I'll let like, again, another memory that's ingrained in my head is there was like a year and a half long period. Long story short, I'd, I'd moved to this like city. My dad was in the military. He moved us to the city. I didn't know anyone in the area. So I didn't have friends, <laughs> you know, teenage life. Right. It was just what was me. The, the, I hate the world type thing. And uh, but I was basically like all I would do every single day. And this was for like 300 days straight, like almost a year is I would go to school, come home, play Xbox, record me playing Xbox, 
record like a commentary. I don't even know what I was talking about at the day, like at the time. Like, what could I? What could a teenager be talking about other than like school and like whatever? Um, but I, I, but I made the video, did the commentary, edited the video, uploaded a video every single day for 300 days. Didn't miss a single day because that's all I was doing, right? And obviously, like a, a business owner isn't going to be able to upload 300 videos a day. But I will say. That or like when you, Xbox every day. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you when I, I was at a point where I was just like so consistent that like if I like now I look at two videos a week and I'm like this is nothing right, right. so it's like it, you look back to your point is like setting the habit and creating that you know creating that that the habit of doing it every single day but you know I I, I hate to keep going back to like the same point but. I think based on your example, it's like, it's all, it's all expectations, right? And the example of the yoga teacher is, so we'll talk about the yoga teacher and then the inverse. So the yoga teacher and that example is like, they're building the YouTube channel on the side, but like what they're currently doing is, is fulfilling. So it's like their expectation is the channel isn't going to grow that, that quick. Now you have the inverse of like a lot of people today is that they start a YouTube channel and they're like, I'm going to blow up and become the next Mr. Beast, but they don't do the things that need to happen in order to become the next Mr. Beast. So they quit in two weeks because right. it's not actually getting them to that point. If you're going to create the content that isn't like primed to go viral, then you just have to like not expect it to explode and and just understand that it's going to be a longer period of time, right? If you look at Mr. Beast, I mean, he talks about this all the time is he was uploading, like he uploaded thousands of videos before he had one video that popped off. There was like, a, I saw this like chart where it was like 2012, zero subscribers, 2013, 50 subscribers, 2013, yeah. and it's just like going up and up and up. But you would see like it was after six years of uploading thousands of videos, he finally cracked. And it's because his he and even to this day is he doesn't set the expectations around growth. He sets the expectations of what he can control. Right. And he can control a good product, staying consistent, um, creating a good title and thumbnail. And he knows that the growth is going to come after that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's interesting what you said about how you were so consistent doing a video a day for 300 days. And now two videos a week doesn't feel like that much. An interesting parallel there is what Alex Hormozzi's talked about in terms of fitness. He has had periods where he's only trained like once a week or two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. He's already jacked. Like he doesn't need to do that much to maintain. Whereas like a lot of people go on New Year's they look in the mirror and go, oh, I'm a bit flabby. I'm going to get fit. <laughs> yeah. They start working out three days a week, like what Alex Hormozzi is doing now. They're like, I'm not seeing results. And then by the next New Year's, they're like, better get fit again. The, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, to the yeah. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, this has been great. I'm going to start wrapping up here. Briefly, what sparked the move to Arkansas of all places? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it is like a longer story, so I, I won't bore people with the details. But long story short, um, my wife is a part of this, uh, you know, this, this online like ministry group and, uh, just not randomly, but they were talking about it for a while. And, you know, people here locally that she knew in the group was like, Hey, we're going to start up like this children's ministry. So, uh, do you want to like help? And my wife came to me and she's like, Hey, uh, you know, do you want to move to Arkansas because they want me to help like do this thing? And like, you know, I was thinking about, it, I was like, why would we go to Arkansas? Like I was kind of, but at the same time it's like, she's literally been like, my biggest support in my life for the last six years. And like every single decision that I've made, every single business, like if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't have quit my job. Like back when I first started one of my own businesses. So like I do owe like a lot of like the success to, to her. 
right? And, and supporting me along the way and supporting the family and taking care of a bunch of crazy kids. Um, so I just kind of looked at it as like, hey, you supported me through all this. Like, this is the least I can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, we're in Arkansas now. And um, I don't know if you saw my story on Instagram but we're, uh, yesterday, but uh, there was a tarantula in our backyard like sink. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm slowly getting uh slowly getting accustomed to to Arkansas living. Um well, yeah, I've seen fun. pictures of the house that you've bought and it looks incredible. So I can Yeah. I bet finding that house was sweet in the deal, right? Oh yeah, exactly. It, it, how everything happened it was it was uh, it was crazy. Like we we had realized that um we had to be out of our, our current house cuz we were renting at the time. I had to be, we had to be out of that house in like a month and a half. So I was like in scramble mode that I had to like come to Arkansas, find a house, put an offer on the house, go through all the closing stuff in like a 45 day period. And uh, I literally like closing day, or I'm sorry, it, it like, it got pre-approved and like funds and all that stuff, like two days before we, and we'd already like, we packed all of our stuff. We got moving trucks. We planned everything to, to move here. And we didn't even know if we could move into the house until like yeah, you know, right. 24, 48 hours before. So it was, it was definitely stressful, but um, it, you know, we're, we're finally getting like all the boxes, uh, you know, unpacked. We still have a couple lingering, but it's getting, uh, so, it's getting close. That's amazing. So if people don't already know where to find you and the channels that you've been talking about and everything going on with Closes Out, where should people go to, to find more about you, the content that you're producing and everything you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, easiest thing would probably just be to uh, to connect with me on Instagram. Just go to Aaron underscore content. Um, that'll be me on Instagram. And then I'm sure we'll probably put some like links in, in the description and stuff. Um, so you guys can check that out, like specific links. So yeah, we, we can talk about what's what's going to go. I, I don't know exactly what it's going to go to yet, but it'll probably just go to our, like, our, you know, our website or something. Cool. And yeah, those links will be below, but definitely check out uh, Aaron on Instagram. Aaron, thank you so much. This has been fantastic and like i said i was really looking forward to it before well since you booked basically um thank you very much and have you got any final words for everyone um, watching and listening no dude i think that's that's pretty much it um i i pretty much nailed down the data thing so just like focus on data track that set the right expectations um and you know, yeah I'll, I'll end with this is you know whoever's listening to this if you made it all the way to the end of this like hour-long episode I, I talk a lot but, um, you know, I just think right now, like in, in the world that we live, there's just so much opportunity for literally anybody. Like the only thing that is going to separate you from the next person, from the next person, for the next person is just putting yourself out there and like just doing the things that you need to do. And more importantly, putting in enough work that you make the end goal inevitable. People do it a lot of times. They do it in the opposite is they like do some stuff and then they just like quit because it didn't work. But you just want, you just need to make a decision that like you're, there are opportunities there. If you're a short form video editor, concept person coming from someone that has been looking to hire people for a long time. And then also hundreds of our clients that are also looking for people to hire as content. Like the, the work is there and the opportunity is there. You just need to go out and grab it. That's what I'll say. Perfect. And I will end just to add to that. If you're watching and listening at home, also keep being rad.